it's draft week with the top eight pick. The Pelicans are in a unique position and situation. So what's the best case scenario for the Pelicans on draft night? I've actually got three of them. It's the Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, starting off draft week, and I am excited. I've got a ton of great shows for y'all. The whole week is planned out, so hopefully... The Pelicans don't screw that up, or or do they? What is the best case scenario for New Orleans? Does it involve trading that pick? Does it involve a draft night deal? A superstar? Or is it just them standing pat? I've got three situations that I do feel would be the best case scenario for New Orleans. Yes, three. That's how good of the spot that they're in. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's draft prospects. We got second round picks coming the rest of the week. Second round picks. Wednesday is the final big board. Thursday is what to expect on draft night. And of course, Friday and a live show Thursday night going to be recapping what the Pelicans did, breaking down who they drafted or whatever deal got done. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. Of course, comment down below on YouTube. So that's the plan the rest of the week, and I'm really excited about it. We're going to try and have Dan Purcell, who, who used to work in the Pelicans front office, but the timing just didn't work out. So instead, we're going to focus on the top, you know, the best case scenario for the team. So what is the best case scenario for the Pelicans on draft night? First and foremost, you know, I think they have some guys they like. They're, they're very clearly targeting a guy like Dyson Daniels, Jeremy Sohan, maybe A.J. Griffin. But if those guys are gone, and if Di- in particular Daniels and Sohan are gone, that means Shaden Sharp has fallen to the Pelicans at eight. He canceled his workout with the team, so maybe it's not a guy they want to draft. But it's a guy that a lot of teams are very intrigued by. And I'd be willing to bet it's a guy that a lot of teams have fifth on their draft board, despite some of the stuff going on around him. So you're probably going to start to get a lot of phone calls about teams wanting to trade for that eighth overall pick, trying to trade up from wherever it is they might be. And the further they are away from eight, the more you're going to have to give up to try and get to eight. And so what this lets the Pelicans do is basically, in the words of Alvin Gentry, that's a haul, folks. You get a ton of picks, a ton of future draft assets be to, to, for these teams that are go, oh my God, there's value there of Shaden Sharp at eight when he was fifth on our board. We got to go and get a move for him. I do think this is a weaker draft. I don't love a lot of the guys from, you know, about nine or 10 on. And someone asked me on Twitter yesterday when I put out a question, you know, about sleepers, and I don't see a ton of guys in this one. So, In this scenario, in this best case scenario, it's someone desperate to move up because they really see an opportunity and they've got to have Shaden Sharp on their team. So they give you future assets and a lot of them. 
You know, ideally, you can maybe also get a pick in the first round as well here in kind of that middle range end of the lottery, whether that is OKC, you know, using that 12 pick and a future first to go up and get Shaden Sharp. Maybe it's Charlotte. Maybe it's even a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers at 14 that feel they want to try and get in on a guy like that, someone they just feel so good about. So they give you a ton of future assets to go and make that move. I'm going to maybe sneeze as I'm recording here. You know, maybe it's Atlanta. Maybe the New York Knicks get desperate because they see him as a future superstar. And I think that could be, (coughs) sorry, I did have to sneeze, Um, a team that could get desperate and really give you a lot of future assets. That's what New Orleans wants. I don't want multiple picks in the first round here. So trading down to Charlotte for 13 and 15 to let them move up to eight. No, and we'll talk about more on this on Thursday on why I, I don't love the idea of trading down in general, particularly in this draft, to be honest. That'll be in the Thursday show of what to expect. So, you know, you've got to get a ton of future assets. This is about sustainable winning, right? A sustainable future, particularly in a small market for New Orleans. Future assets is really the way you do that. That starts with Shaden Sharp falling. That starts with Shaden Sharp falling and a team being like, oh, that guy's one of the top guys here. We got to go and get him. And they get desperate and they trade up and they basically overpay. And you get the type of assets you want, which is not first round picks in this draft. It's not second round picks. It's future firsts in some form or another, protected, not protected, whatever it might be. That is almost the ideal scenario. The, the super ideal scenario, of course, is saying drop into 12, drafting Jeremy Sohan there. But again, there's big risks with that. And if the guys you like are gone, then what? So you don't get a guy you like in this draft, even though, and you have to use a pick on a guy, and then you get future assets. That's not nearly as good as just getting a haul of picks from another team and just kind of foregoing this draft, which is a little bit weaker. So to me, that's probably the best case scenario. Also, the most re- one of the more realistic scenarios too. So second best case scenario, we did a show on him, Donovan Mitchell. Or another superstar. Is that actually on the table? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL finals, Major League Baseball, boxing, fighting, golf, whatever it is might might be. So BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information where you can have live betting, esports, and all the scores that you could want. And it's your best spot for all your scores, other podcasts, and news this season. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want. We have covered the draft extensively. Tomorrow we're still going to do it. We're looking at eight, eight options for the Pelicans to draft, eight players the Pelicans could draft in the second round, giving you all of the topics you want to hear. And we're going to do this going right into free agency, then summer league, then training camp, then the regular season. We might not even drop to three days a week, but I might just stay five days a week because, frankly, there's a lot to talk about this team. You're excited. I'm excited. Let's stay excited. 
And right now, though, go check out our Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. It's the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Just search that. It's on its own separate feed. Over 50 insiders, including all of our local experts, making the picks covering the team. I know the Pelicans better than anyone. I took Jeremy Sohan in this at eight for the team, right? You don't want someone else making that pick. They don't know what's going on. They don't cover this team on a daily basis. Same for the Kings, right? Or the Thunder, or the Rockets, or the Hornets, or Atlanta. I don't know those teams as well as the local experts. So this is the best way to kind of get caught up on everything going on around the NBA and get a little bit of insight into what those teams are thinking. And today, we're trying to figure out what the best case scenario for New Orleans might be. It is definitely Shaden Sharp Falls is there at 8. Someone really wants him and they trade up to get him. You still get your guy later on in the draft, which could happen, though there's risks with that, but we're talking best case scenario. And you get a future first. So if you can get Lou Dort a future first, you probably can't get both of those. And 12, still draft Jeremy Sohan and OKC gets Shaden Sharp. That's a great deal. That's ideal. You actually save money by drafting at 12 versus 8-2 on the rookie scale. It's cheaper. But I don't know. There's risks with that, but we're talking ideal scenarios. And we'll talk more about that on Thursday. So what's another best case scenario? And I think that would be you're able to trade for a superstar. A lot's been said about the Pelicans trying to make a move to win now. And I will get more into this on Thursday. But what does that mean, right? Like, like what's a win now player when the starters are set and the rotation seems very set? You need a significant upgrade. At this point, that's basically a superstar player. You're going to need to upgrade over an existing starter if you're going to use the eighth pick. I want big for the eighth pick. I don't want, you know, a marginal seventh or eighth man. I want a superstar. Now, this is unlikely, but Donovan Mitchell seems like he might really want out of Utah. There, you know, Bradley Beal's been rumored for years now. You know, could you get a guy like John Collins or DeAndre Ayton? And this probably starts again with Shaden Sharp falling to eight as a player that really intrigues a lot of teams. OG and Anobi, is that an option there too? We covered all of those guys. Go listen to that show if you haven't already as trade targets. But you're able to really upgrade your team that way. Donovan Mitchell, even if it means sending out CJ McCollum, despite all of the culture things and everything else that CJ brings, I would still do it. And it's going to involve the eighth pick. That is a surefire way to vault yourself into being one of the best four teams, not just in the Western Conference, but in the entire NBA. Again, it's unlikely. But given how unique of an opportunity the Pelicans are in, being a good team and having this pick, go big. Go big. There's no reason not to kind of swing for the fences to use a baseball analogy on this. And that's with a superstar player. So I wouldn't trade the 8th pick for a 7th or 8th man because I think at the very minimum who you drafting at 8 overall is kind of, their, their floor would be in a couple of years, that's what they are. So you've got to go bigger than that. And I think, again, it starts with Shaden Sharp falling and it lets you go get a Donovan Mitchell, an OG, and an OB. Maybe DeAndre Ayton if you really want to upgrade over a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, though I think he was kind of like very underrated for this team, particularly defensively too. You know, other superstars that could be available, I'm not sure. But 
it's not so much, you know, a Danny Green or even a Tyrese Maxey kind of guy that sounds like Philly could really be looking to, or, or Matisse Thibel that Philly could be looking to try and upgrade from if they feel that strongly about a guy in the top 10 or so and they want to get to eight. It's you swing for a big, big name player that potentially really does want out of their market and you've got the assets and a top eight pick with a very intriguing player on the board to go out and get that, right? This is not a trade for Jeremy Clarkson kind of deal. This is... Um, sorry, Jordan Clarkson, trading for you know a, an eighth man, a, even a sixth man. You've got to go and like really get the guy that you think could potentially put you over the top. I didn't consider though Miles Bridges in a scenario like this with the Oklahoma uh, with the Oklahoma with the Charlotte Hornets if they don't want to pay him, knowing that he's due for a big big deal at the end of this sign and trade for him in some capacity being such a good kind of two-way defensive player that you could add. Those are the type of guys that I would really be looking at with this eighth overall pick. It's got to be big. It's got to be a big-name guy that I think significantly upgrades you and fills in a massive hole that you have. And the, th- That's the thing where this is tough and why it's unlikely. Pelicans are, are in a good spot. They're in a very, very good spot. I don't see you using the eighth pick for a Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana, even if they, yeah, do probably want to move on from him. Or even Jeremy Grant. Those aren't the type of guys that really intrigue me. Definitely not Miles Turner. (laughs) Definitely not. You know, I think it's got to be on the level of a Donovan Mitchell or a young guy that's still got kind of his brightest future still to play in the NBA. And it's got to be a deal for a player that's going to probably vault you into the top four in the NBA as a whole. So you're looking at being a one or two seed in the Western Conference. I'd settle for being a top four seed there, knowing that you have a chance of being one of the final four teams available. But that's what it would take. That's also a best case scenario. This is very unlikely. I think some of the other ones are much more likely, like we just talked about in the first segment, or even what we're going to talk about in the third segment here. But hey, we can dream. Who's your ideal like trade for guy? Is it a Brad is it Bradley Beal? Would you include CJ in a trade for Bradley Beal with the eighth pick? It's intriguing to kind of think about to some degree. What about Donovan Mitchell? We did a show on him. Any of the other names I mentioned or no? Are you out on those guys? So let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So what's the final best case scenario? And I'll tell you, this is one that we won't be able to say on draft night. This is one that's going to have to come in the future. So what do I mean by that? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And today's, oh, and um, no, sorry, there's like wild noise going on in my house here. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And it is draft week. And here's the plan this week. Tomorrow, second round picks, eight guys they could draft in the second round with the two picks that they hold. My final NBA big board is on Wednesday. I mixed it up a lot from the first one I did. And my top three probably differs from yours. And then Thursday, what to expect, draft night preview. And of course, we're going to do a live show after the Pelicans make a pick or trade on draft night. We're going to be live on the YouTube page, and that'll double as the Friday show. So a lot of stuff coming this week, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I am very excited. So thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Okay. Final, final 
best case scenario for the Pelicans. And this one's simple. Just draft a guy you feel really good about. Draft a guy you really like, whoever that is. I I cannot emphasize this enough. I've been saying it. Get good basketball players on the team. Don't overthink it. Don't get cute with it. Just get good, solid basketball players on the team. If there's a guy at eight that you go, this guy is awesome, forgo the value play and just draft him. Draft the guy you like. Draft the guy you have a plan on how to develop and then go and do it. Now, we won't say this is the best best case scenario until years from now. It's something that only comes with hindsight. You know, if they draft a guy, say it's Sohan, say it's uh, Dyson Daniels, or even A.J. Griffin, right? And he ends up being awesome. Well, that's probably better than anything they could have done by trading the pick if Shaden Sharp fell at eight. And gotten a worse player than that. Again, only done with hindsight. It's not kind of the fun one to talk about here, but you know what? The guy could actually be very, very good. And right now, the past year, only the past year, the Pelicans have had a very good track record on the draft with Trey Murphy and Herb Jones and even Jose Alvarado in undrafted free agency. I trust them. If there's a guy they really like, just take him. Just take him. Just take him. That's it. Don't overthink it. Don't try and play for value and trade back. And again, we'll talk more about this on Thursday and not get the guy you want because some other team traded up or because some other team just took him. And then you walk away with, cool, a future pick, but no one in this draft that you like at all. That's not a good position to be in. It's the value play, totally the value play, and I get that. But there's something to be said. And I said this early on in, in our draft previews, right? About what the Pelicans should do. Just go get the guy you like. There's nothing wrong with staying where you are, feeling really confident about a player and taking them. Dyson Daniels, Jeremy Sohan. A.J. Griffin, even Benedict Matherin, right? Even though I, I see him as a role player, he's a good fit. He's a good fit with almost any team, and he would contribute right away, I think, if he got minutes, and make this team better and be a rotation piece for you in the future. If you feel that about a guy, draft him. Just draft him. You don't need to overthink this. It doesn't always have to be about value. I dislike kind of the, the discourse, the talk of like spreadsheet basketball and all of that value is important and maximizing your assets is important. But if it means you don't accomplish what you want to accomplish, then who cares? If it lets you do that, then yeah, go for it. But if there's a guy you like, if your guy is is Jeremy Sohan, right? We saw that picture of Griff out to lunch with him. And I'm very high on him. I took him in our mock draft of the ultimate mock draft. Just draft him. Get good players on the team that make your team better. Simple as that. Don't overthink it. Don't go for value. If this is your guy, even if you think you could get Sohan at 12, just take him. Don't risk it. Walk away feeling really good about what you want to do. Simple as that. That is a best case scenario. Now, we won't say it's the best case scenario until a couple of years from now and that player has developed and is now good. But that is a best case scenario for New Orleans. You don't need to make any move. Just draft the guy you really like. If you can get them while trading down, sure, that's better. But there is inherent risk with that. And that doesn't mean it'll happen. The sure thing is just taking the guy at eight. 
So maybe that's just what they need to do. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube if you agree or if you disagree or if you think there's another best case scenario out there that I missed. But I think these are really kind of the best case scenarios for New Orleans. And look, all these are realistic to a degree other than maybe the second one of like trading for a Donovan Mitchell-esque player. But it just kind of shows you that the fact there's multiple best case scenarios, in my opinion, or very good scenarios maybe is what it is, that the Pelicans are in a very good spot going into the draft this week. And so let's see if they, they wreck my plans for the whole week of shows for all of that. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to look at second round draft picks the Pelicans could take.